morning, church. Come on, let's give God a great big hand this morning. And uh, it's so good to be with you today. Uh, my name is Rick Paladin, the lead pastor here at Bridge City Church. Pastor Nick, the campus pastor sitting in the back, uh, his foot is getting healed day by day. He's being renewed. Come on, let's give God thanks for that. Come on, and uh, I know that he would much rather be up here preaching. Uh, listen, I'm not trying to fill in for anybody. I believe God has something to say to you today. And this is the way it works out, so we're going to go with it. Amen? Here we are, Acts 17.6, those who have turned their world upside down. Those who have turned their world upside down have, and actually the next part of that verse is they've come here also. I want to be part of those people that are, that are accused of turning the world upside down. How about you? Come on, I believe that. Here we are on Super Blessed Sunday. Yeah, come on. Some people may call it Super Bowl Sunday. It's Super Blessed Sunday. Come on. And uh, every Sunday is Super Blessed Sunday. And so we're just enjoying God's presence here. And so I'm going to share with you some big ideas. We're going to be jumping into our text today, which is in Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 16. I'll be kind of outlining the chapter for you, but focusing on some key verses. Because over this series, we've been looking at what happened in like the first 30, 33 years of the church after the Holy Spirit showed up. We believe that the church was birthed in the worshiping, ministering power of the Holy Spirit. That's the big C church, the universal church, but our church, Bridge City Church, was birthed in the ministering, worshiping power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that. Okay, that, and, and, and I believe that because of that, God has called us to a great adventure. God has called us to a great adventure. And so many times, like we settle for religiosity and business as usual when God says, I've created you for adventure. See, and, and, and I don't know about you, but I got saved for an adventure. I got saved not to do, I didn't get saved to come to church. I got saved to be the church and demonstrate the ministering, worshiping power of the Holy Spirit to those around me. See, this will change you. See, I'm so thankful that when I, when I became a follower of Jesus, let me just tell you a little bit. My, my first week on paid staff at this church, guess what I learned? I learned how not to be served papers from the court because we were being sued as a church. We were being sued because uh, on a RICO lawsuit because they were accusing our church of trying to do organized, like shut down, planned parenthood. That was normal to me. I got, I, being a part of this church, we sent people into, uh, into Russia smuggling Bibles. That was normal. Going on, on, on ministry trips, on, on missions trips, we used to take an airline, Taka Airlines, T-A-C-A, better known as Take a Chance Airlines. That was normal. I've got arrested six times for the cause of Christ. Only jailed once. See, this was normal. 
Our kids, we've taken into New York City and the worst parts of New York City and some of the worst parts of Pittsburgh. See, no, I'm, I'm trying to speak something to you. Most people come to Jesus because they want a better life. I just want, I want a better life. I want more peace. I want things to be perfect. And I'm telling you, Jesus saved you for an adventure. For a Holy Spirit, faith-filled adventure. And, and I don't know about you, but when we started this campus here at White Oak, those 75, some people say it was 72, 75, 76, there was, there was some people. Aren't you glad they took a risk? No, 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 aren't you glad they didn't say, well, no, 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 God just wants us to play it safe. I'm so glad that God just wants us. God doesn't want us to upset anybody. You came to the wrong church. No, no, you, no, you, you got to track me here. The Holy Spirit is, is doing something, and I believe the Holy Spirit will continue to do something. That's why we're spending all of these weeks talking about his activity. Why? Because in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all love that verse? Come on, how many of you say, yes? I want to show you the beginning of the church in Philippi. I want to show you where it all started today. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, about 19 years after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit showed up, and then the Holy Spirit started doing something. And I want to let you know that even after 40 years as a church, we are not done taking risk and making this an adventure. I will not rest on yesterday. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's adventure. Come on, are you with me? How many of you are a little nervous right now? How many of you are a little nervous, but you're going to go with it? Okay. How many of you are like, okay, Lord? Glory, come on. See, this is normal, and this is what adventure looks like. So the Acts chapter 16, these are the adventures of the Apostle Paul. Here we go. He's ministering in a couple churches. They're being strengthened. They're being encouraged. How many of y'all think that's good? Good stuff, right? And then, um, then he wants to go one place, and the Holy Spirit has a different idea and sends him to another place. So how many of you have ever had plans to do something, and they got thwarted, and you ended up sitting in the back row? No, I'm serious. Okay, not where I want to be, but where God has me. Okay, track me. This is true here. And so Paul led, or the Holy Spirit led Paul to Philippi. He ministers, and there's a whole bunch of people coming to faith. One of them is a lady with a lots of money. Now, this is the, most likely, I can't prove it, most likely she became a big contributor to the ministry. How many of you know things are going well? I'm like, no, really? I'm just trying to walk it out for you. So things are going well. Things are going good. Okay, she gets saved here. So let's pick it up in verse 16. One day as they were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money uh, for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. I want to let you know, we, we fear the devil, but I want to let you know, he knows the power of God. 
Even the devil knows the power of God. Here's a slave girl telling fortunes. I'm going to get into who she was. And she's saying, these people are going to tell you how to be saved. So here, they didn't need to do any Facebook posts. They had some demon-possessed girl doing it for them. That's really what's going on here. Okay. Now, what she had, she had the spirit of Pythonia. As a matter of fact, it was, it was, the, it was considered Python. Some people say Python of Apollos, in the god of Apollos, that, that what they would typically do is they would have those big, nasty python snakes slithering over their body. And they would tell fortunes, and they would make money that way. I don't like snakes. I don't like anything to do with them. So she was taking on the attributes of this, and it's interesting that Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, gave us such details, that he details what she's being delivered of. Do you know that God wants to detail what you're being delivered of? So he can use it for his story later on. Now, you you got to catch this. You're getting delivered not so you can have a better life, but so that others can be set free. I didn't, get, I didn't get involved in this for me. I got involved with this so, so Jesus would turn the world upside down. He'd use me to do it. Is anybody with me? So here she has this spirit on her. In verse 18, this went on day after day, and I love this, until Paul got exasperated. Have any of you ever been exasperated? This morning. Now, have any of you just had it? No, I'm seriously. So he got exasperated. And that he turned, he said to the demon, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Listen, I'm not here to try to get into the doctrine of demons. I'm reading the story to you. Paul looked, he turned, he said, stop it. I command you to leave her alone. And instantly it happened, and her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas, and they, and they just told him how great they were. No, they dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. Something miraculous is going on. Now, I want to tell you, press pause. Don't you love pause on the button? We have this thing called Victory and Freedom Weekend coming up. You get victory over your past and freedom to live into your future. Every person has stuff to deal with. You have a past you got to deal with. To go to the Victory and Freedom Weekend, which is an all-day affair, 8 a.m. till 9 p.m., where you get personal, like a personal ministry time. You're doing checklists in your life. You're cleaning out the past of your life so that you can get freedom of the Holy Spirit to live into your future. It's an all-day affair. Do you know, that, know what you have to do? You have to be so exasperated with what things, what's going on in your life that you say, I've had it. To, I, I can't take it till I can't take it no more. I'm going to do something here. I'm going to go get free. How many of y'all would like to get free? No, I'm serious. See, people say, well, I don't have much to get free from. You're the first person ever. The Apostle Paul had stuff to get free from. I do. We all do. And I want you to get free, and I believe Jesus is still in the freedom business. I believe the Holy Spirit is still into the freedom business. And so she gets free. She gets set free here. Verse 20. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. 
They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. I mean, they got a royal beatdown. They didn't just get a scolding. They got beat. I mean, beat up. Why? Because they wanted to bring freedom there to them. That's why. Verse 23, they were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. All this because they prayed over a slave girl, and she got set free. See, I want you to follow this. The other people didn't like it. Do you know that in our day and age, 2022, there is a growing disdain and hatred for Jesus' church? Do you realize this? Do you realize the opposition that we're under now, and I want to give you a word from heaven, it's going to get worse. In my humble opinion, I believe it needs to get worse so the power of God can become greater. So they put them in the inner dungeon. They beat them severely and put them in jail here. See, I want to let you know, Jesus came to comfort the afflicted. But he also came to afflict the comfortable. Being a follower of Jesus is not, for, not to be, make us more comfortable and make it more convenient. And, and it's not for the faint of heart. There's going to be times Jesus promised it in John chapter 16, verse 33. You can look that up at your own leisure. He promised us we're going to have problems, but we could have peace in the midst of problems. He promised us that. So yeah, you can have peace in the midst of problems here. You will have them. In the, and I'm telling you, this need for our, us in our culture right now to have everything comfortable and convenient are seeds of distraction for Jesus' church. They're seeds of distraction. We can't just get so comfortable we're still not willing to take a risk. I shared this before here in April. I'm going to be I'm going to go on a missions trip. Wasn't my idea. Somebody invited me. I asked Jesus, please let this cup pass from me. He says, nope, it's yours. You're going. So I get the opportunity to fly in to one of the world's most unsafe airports. No, see, but I don't sweat that because God sent me. Where Jesus sends me, he's going to provide for me. Are you with me? I've been on trips before, pulled out of vehicles at gunpoint. It's okay. See, now I know what can happen to me. I already lived through that. See, most people never get to that point in their faith because they make their faith all about their comfort and convenience and ease. Yes, Jesus wants you to have peace, but peace in the midst of conflict. Now, you've you got to grab a hold of this. They, 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 they were in the inner, 
in her dungeon, locked up. Their feet were in stock. Can you imagine the cramps that you'd have in your legs not being able to move? There were no bathroom breaks. They were in the, they were in the pit. Can you imagine the rats and the animals running around the, the literally the, the feces and the excrementary? I mean, literally, I'm not trying to be mean to you. You've got to get a picture of this. This is where the Apostle Paul, this is where the Sardis were at this point. This is the inner dungeon here. All because here. Now, there's people in this room right now. You've, you've made a decision to tithe, give 10%, and then your dishwasher broke. And it's like, oh God, I've made a decision to do something for you, and now my dishwasher's broken. Okay. I made a decision to give to the One Vision campaign, and I'm going to give so much a month, and now there's parts in my car that aren't working that I don't even know what they're for. How could you do this to me, God? I went, I decided I was going to go to Connection Group, but you didn't tell me that person was going to be in the same group. Come on, we, come on. See, many people think because you do something great for God, He's obligated to make it all peaceful and happy for you. I want to serve in kids' ministry. I'm going to do it, God. Oh, I didn't know there were requirements. I want to come when I want to come. I don't like coming early. I don't like going to the 9 a.m. worship experience and then serving at the second one. No, see, see, we all do this. We want the comfort and convenience rather than saying, God, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I'm going to follow you. And sometimes, even when you do other, other things, you're doing things for God, you end up locked up, shackled in the inner dungeon. If not physically, you end up there mentally. And many people have been feeding the inner dungeon in their lives. Mentally. Where are you, God? If you were real, you wouldn't. Uh, things would be better. If you only, if you were really a God, if my spouse really loved me, they would be this way. If the pastor really knew things, he would know what I'm going through. I wouldn't even have to tell him. You're feeding the inner dungeon. we got to stop feeding the inner dungeon. Is, is that a word for somebody today? So around midnight, verse 25, do you ever notice not, do you ever, do you ever notice everything at midnight's worse? Do you ever notice you could have a common cold at 2 p.m., but at midnight you're about to die? Am I, right? I mean, you could have the flu at 4 p.m., midnight, you're asking Jesus to take you. No, I'm saying, have you ever noticed everything's worse at midnight? Something about the middle of the night, everything's worse. I used to say nothing good happens after midnight. I've gotten a little older. Nothing good happens after 9 p.m. That's I moved it up. I moved it up. Come on. Come on. Is that good, somebody? Yeah, come on. It's a little early, but I'm just telling you right now. Come on. And so they were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Locked up. In the dungeon for doing God's work, they didn't have a pity party. Me, I would have led the pity party. Come on. Who's with me? Who would have came to that party? 
I don't know, Silas. I don't know what's going to happen. Wonder where the church is now. They're home sleeping in their beds. We're in here. Feeding the inner dungeon. They're singing, worshiping. And suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. And all the doors flew open. And the chains off the prisoners, they all fell. Are you catching this? Some of you are reading this like it's a fairy tale. No, they began to worship and they began to sing. And, and, and as they worshiped and they sang, the chains fell off. Not only for them, did you catch it? Of every prisoner, the chains fell off. Did you catch that? I, I don't know if you know this or not, but when you go through your dungeon dark times, other people were listening. What did they hear from you? What did they hear from us? What did they hear from us when we're going through real persecution, real problems, when the Holy Spirit has led you into a dark place? Do they hear you whining and complaining and accusing one, one another? Or do they hear us? We're going to have ourselves a prayer meeting. Because the other place, in, in Acts 4, 31, 32, the place shook, and it was response to opposition to the gospel. Many of us want the shaking, but we don't want the persecution that goes with us. I believe God wants us, I, I believe our, our praise and our worship shakes the foundation. I believe God is shaking us today. He's shaking us to waken us, and he's saying, would you put your praise on? Would you get out of your inner dungeon and just put some praise on? One of the songs that we sang this morning, that one about the power in his name, that has been my go-to jam. I have been just, every, every time I'm in the car, I just put that on first. Put it on first. I got to hear this. I got to hear this. I got to hear this. More than I need the statistics for the Super Bowl this, this evening, I need to know the power, that there's power in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, you got to change the station. You gotta change what's playing. You got to put your praise on. Well, I don't like praise. You get in a dungeon with your with your legs locked up long enough, you begin to praise. You're gonna praise something. You're gonna glorify your situation or glorify God. You pick. Many people just love glorifying the dungeon. Oh, wonderful dungeon. Oh, glorify thy dungeon. Oh, look at me, O oh dungeon. No, I'm not going to do that. Just like this morning on the way in here today, I had to make a decision. I wasn't going to allow my mental capacity to be taken up with worry and hurt and fear and all those other things. I'm going to grab a hold of who God is today because that is a work of the Holy Spirit. See, everybody worships on payday. It's what you do three days before payday, and you, you don't have anything in the house. That determines. Are you with me? So verse 27, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Now you realize that the jailer, if these prisoners would have been set free, he would have lost his life. His superiors would have him killed. He was, his, his future was over. So he said, I might as well just end it now. 
So he drew his sword. He's going to kill himself. The apostle Paul shouted, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here. We're all here. So the, the jailer called for lights. Listen, can you imagine? All the people got free. All the, all the captives, their, their shackles came off. The doors opened. They could have ran free. Wouldn't you have run free? I would have. But somehow the apostle Paul convinced them to stay. That's a, that's a move of God. I guarantee you, you go to any jail in Pennsylvania right now, and if, the, if it all opens up, they're going free. Couldn't you be the one to say, oh, no, let's just stop. It's going to be a testimony for God. I mean, it's like, really, just stop. Just stop where you are right now. I mean, God's going to use this for his glory. I mean, you're like, really? No, really, that's what's going on here. And so, so, so he's going to kill himself. And it's like, it's like no. So he, he calls for lights. He's trembling. And he runs down. Let's look at this next verse in 30 here. In 30, uh, then he brought them out and he said, sirs, what must I do to be, to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know why God wants to free you? So other people, here's your new song, and they too can be saved. See, we have bought into a Christianity that wants us to have our best life, and everybody else can find it on their own. And when the Holy Spirit does the work, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Along with everyone, and it says, believe in the Lord Jesus. Believe. Faith, conviction, confidence. Be persuaded. The problem is, is that many people have a faith about God, but few have a faith in God. I'm telling you, many people believe, have a faith about who God is, about the God of Pastor Nick about the God of all the connection group leaders, about the God of the worship team. But there's difference when you have a faith in God. Your own persuasion, your own faith that says, I am not going to trust in myself anymore. I'm going to trust in God. He says, you got to believe in him, in, in, in you and everyone in your household. And I want to speak to you today. There are people here today. You have given up on some members of your household or your family. And I want to speak to you today. I want to give you a word from heaven that I believe is in my heart for you. Do not, don't stop believing for a move of God for your household. Listen, I want to speak to you. Don't stop believing. I'm sharing with you this is my word. You can share it because I believe it's a, I believe God is saying this to you right now. There's people here who have given up. They're too far from God. They're too, they're too, their lives are too wasted. They'll never respond. They have life too good. They have too much money. They have too good of a job. They have no job. We find so many reasons to say no for people. Let's just get to singing and worshiping and experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit and watch what, does, watch what happens. Are you good now? That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to continue to do. Listen, in, in my darkest, deepest, most desperate times is when the Holy Spirit has showed up the, the most in my life. Do you know why I still worship Jesus? And I, I'm going to keep sharing these stories. 
And I got some fresh ones that are happening all the time to share with you this morning. See, I remember being in the, sitting on the parkway, stopped in traffic, when I got a call that our one daughter was, was having problems. They didn't know what was, what was going on. She was having problems breathing. And, and all I could say is, help me, Jesus. And God brought her through. I have so many stories like that. I have so many stories where, where it looked dismal and it looked like it wasn't going to work as a church. And God came through. I could, I could just spend, I could spend the next hours telling you about the greatness of God. But I do know this, that God wants to take my darp, darkest, deepest, most horrible times and use them as a story for his glory. you got to believe that. And I don't know what the outcome's going to be. I'm not promised of a perf- my perfect outcome, but I, am a, I have a promise that I'm going to worship Jesus and I'm going to let him take care of the rest. As long as I have breath, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to continue to praise him. I'm going to continue to worship him. And so verse 33, even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. And then he and everyone in his household was immediately baptized. Come on, that should excite you. No, I'm serious. I should, can you see this? Wait a minute. One day I'm in jail. I'm beaten up. Wounds, bloody, locked up. I worship Jesus. Now the jailer's getting saved. His household got saved. And now they're all coming on March 6th to get water baptized. You, you, are you tracking me? Listen, you got to put away, oh, I don't like, I don't want to come up out of the water because my hair is going to be messed up. You got to get over that. I want Jesus more than I want my hair not to be messed up. No, I'm serious. No, 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 no. I want to be water baptized. I want to identify with Jesus Christ. I want to identify with his life, his death, his burial. And his resurrection. They were water baptized. That's why we still do water baptisms. We're going to do them right here. you got to get signed up. It's going to be great. He brought them into his house and he begins to feed them, verse 34. I'm telling you this. The Holy Spirit wants to change homes. No, I'm sorry. The Holy Spirit wants to get into your home. The Holy Spirit wants to get into your home. He wants to get into your computer. He wants to get into the station you've been listening to. And he's not afraid of what he's going to find. The rest of the story is the Apostle Paul and, and, and Silas and, and those guys, they, they said, we're not leaving. If the, if the officials that put us here want us out, they can come and release us. That's the rest of the story. I just told you the whole story. Okay. Is God speaking to you today? Okay, this is, this is it. Okay, I want to give you real quick. You're going to have to take a picture of this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Okay, not a picture of me. I will get out of the way. The red-lettered words of Jesus about the Holy Spirit. I want you to get a hold of this. Comforter, counselor, conf- confirmation of the words of Jesus. Courage and boldness, someone's close beside, a conviction of sin and judgment, chains broken, people set free. And there's verses to support that. 
What do these words tell you about following Jesus and the Holy Spirit being an adventure? That means there's going to be times, there's going to be times in your following Jesus and walking with the Holy Spirit that you're going to need comfort. Who needs comforted? Those who are distressed. Am I right? Who needs courage? Those who are being persecuted. Who needs somebody to walk close beside them? That's, that's the Greek word, advocate, walks close beside. Who needs chains released from you? The bondage mentally, physically, spiritually. This is what the Holy Spirit does. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but I'm trying to show you something. Do these words, be honest, tell me now, do these words communicate that we're supposed to live a quiet, peaceful life, sit down, shut up, and sit in the corner? Or do they say we're supposed to be living for an adventure, being led by the Holy Spirit? I'm just trying to, just trying to show you something there. Just trying to give it to you straight there. It tells us something great. So what are we going to do? How are we going to live adventurously for God? This is how we're going to live. We're going to take a risk. I want you to, you could take any one of these things, any one. I'm giving you, I'm giving you multiple choice. Invite somebody to come to church. Aren't you glad somebody took a risk and invited you to church? Are you glad? How about you, how about you pay it forward? Is anybody here willing to pay it forward this week and invite somebody to come? The other thing is, if you want to live adventurously, get, develop a daily devotion to God. Read three chapters in the Bible every day. Three chapters. Just say, I'm going to read three chapters. Um, if you haven't read the book of Acts, start there. I can't get out of Psalms. I'm still reading two Psalms and, um, and Judges now. figured everything balances out. Psalms and Judges. I'm doing that. But develop it. Just say, I'm going to get up early tomorrow. How many of y'all think you could do that? How about this? You want to really take a risk? Somebody outside the church says a pro- they have a problem. Say, can I pray for you right now? Not I will pray. Just say, can I, can I just pray for you right now? And listen, don't pray a 30-minute prayer. Don't pray a 12-minute prayer. Make it the best 45 seconds you ever prayed in your life. Just pray for it. Or take your next step. Become a part of the church. Get to a group. How many of y'all went to a connection group this week? Anybody got a group? Okay, there's still room for you. Go to Connection Point. Say, I need to find me a group. They're going to find you a group. They're going to help you. Everybody needs a group. Are those good next steps? Okay, stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. One more thing here. Everybody who was affected by the Apostle Paul. Every Like, look at this. Because he was willing to surrender his life and live with an adventure, the slave girl got set free. How many of you on that? If that, would have, if that would have been it, that would have been a good day. But no, it got better. He went to jail and the jailer got saved. Now, it gets better. The whole household got saved. How about Lydia, the rich one? Not only that, the Philippian church began. Got to catch this. He who began a good work in you. Where did that work start? It was a work of the Holy Spirit. 
Are, are you catching the flow there? Okay, so this is what we're going to do. First of all, just look at me. Lock in here. I want to offer you, I can't finish without offering you a chance to be saved. What this saved means. Saved is not just saved from hell. That means you're saved from yourself here on earth. You're not just saved from sin, but you're saved for God. So your life can matter for God. You can be a part of the movement with God. But you've got to come to a place where you say, I have sinned and fallen short. I've missed the mark. And if you've missed the mark in your life, you came to the right place. Because all of us have, but God didn't leave us there. Jesus died on the cross for us so that we could have forgiveness of sin. Is anybody happy about that? I am. But he becomes the leader of our life. We get water baptized. We get the Holy Spirit. We get to relate to all these great people to your left and your right. Look around. It's pretty cool. So if you, if you today, look at me, look at me. If you today, if you don't know for certain, you don't know for certain if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that you haven't come to a day, a moment, or time in your life where you've said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Lead me to my future. I want to offer you today, Super Blessed Sunday. And if that's you right now, right now, just look at me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just going to do it some, a little different today. If that's you, you say, I want today to be my day. I want to get home to Jesus. I want you to raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you right where you are. Anybody here today? Anybody at all? Anybody at all? There's a lot of different ways you can do this. I'm just choosing this today. Okay, good deal. Okay, we're all good with God right now. We're going to sing a song. And we're going to raise a hallelujah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you a second chance to what we did earlier today. I don't know where you are, but if you just want to raise a hallelujah right where you are, now is a good time. So we're going to raise up a hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies, my song, my melody is going to be what I fight with. Are you exasperated with things in your life? Are you just tired of being tired of the way things are? Then I, listen, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to open up this whole area right here. I'm going to open up. I'm just going to come up front. I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to raise me a hallelujah. Who wants to come up front and worship with me and a little bit of hallelujah? No, I'm serious. Like if you want to, get out of your seats and walk up front. Now you don't have to, but I'm inviting you to just raise your hands and we're going to sing a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies. In the presence of that thing that wants to destroy me. In the presence of that, I am going to raise him up. Come on, church. Let's worship him in Jesus' name.